Welcome to the What About series where we talk about therapy topics in a highly condensed and easily digested way. Our goal is to help the average person understand some of the more complex or misunderstood aspects of the mental health world. Let's get right into it. All right. Welcome to the long-awaited episode 12 of the What About <laughs> series. We actually did it this time. Yeah. <laughs> we came through. We... It's, yeah. The, I think the semester for both of us, we're in a groove. Yeah. We, we yeah, we found our groove, so it's mm-hmm. not as stressful, and whew, it's almost over. Yeah. And me going on vacation didn't help. It just kind of threw us off our groove when we usually record. Yeah. yeah. I don't regret it, but I do apologize. <laughs> um, I don't feel shame over it but i do apologize hashtag episode 46, episode 46. <laughs> go listen um but yeah welcome back we're sorry that we haven't done this in a while but we're excited to do it again we're excited about the topic today yeah um which is what about sadness but before we get into that we just wanted to share a really cool thing that i just learned from you Nick, like five minutes ago that's really big win for the mental health community is that the suicide hotline instead of that really long number that probably none of you know Except Logic the Rapper. Yeah, besides Logic the Rapper, which I think is really cool that he did that. It's changed from that really long number to, which was a 10-digit number, to now a three-digit number, which is 988. So similar to 911, Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. a hotline number that is easily remembered and easily typed out in a crisis. It is 988. Yeah. So... Really yeah, cool stuff. And I mean, just thinking about that, like it gets me like, it gets me kind of emotional, you know, because I mean, you think about a person in that situation who is, has the thought to kill themselves. You're not going to th- remember that 10 digit number unless you really memorized it before. But yeah. now it's 988. And if you think about, I think that's just really significant. You nine and then your finger doesn't have to travel far mm-hmm. for eight, eight. Yeah. That's it's how much, easier than 911. It yeah. literally is. That's how much emphasis they put on, hey, like this, we're here for you, mm-hmm. you know, and you can instantly do it by 988. It'll bring you to the hotline and yeah, you can get the help you need. Yeah, get that, get that intervention just to kind of get you out of what's, yeah. what's really going on. Yeah. So shout out to Robin. She's one of my great friends and she posted this on her Instagram story because I had no idea. I actually don't know if I'd know at all i mean i definitely wouldn't know now but there are enough people out there that are getting the word out that the number has changed officially yeah so 988 the new suicide hotline number and that's that's huge cool stuff so. yeah it's a really big deal and hopefully none of you ever have to use that hopefully none of anyone that you love ever has to use it but it's important that everyone knows in the unfortunate circumstance that which is very real and very okay to feel the way that if you ever get to that point um it is just 988 to get the help that you need so yeah i mean i've never used 911 honestly yeah but i know it yeah exactly it's important to know it should be just like that yeah yeah like it's like you don't want to use that but if you do it's there for you it's right there and it's super easy to type and easy to remember yeah so shout out that's really great stuff really great win shows the destigmatization that's happening there's an emphasis put on it really though so it's happening. It's slowly happening, and I'm all for it. Pumped for yeah. it. But yeah, that's exciting news, and uh, that's kind of all the news that we have, and we're excited to do another What About series and actually get into our regular schedule. And today it's going to be on What About Sadness. And I guess Enoch has more of the 
we'll take the reins more on it since this was um, kind of his baby with it. But we're going to be talking about what sadness is, apart from like depression, how it presents itself, um, like the function of it, how can we and how we can respond to it in other people, amongst a lot of other stuff. We're going to have a good free discussion, and it's going to be like other what about series where we're going to be. It's going to be structured, and you're going to learn a lot of information. Yeah, we're slowly. I mean, we're changing the way we do things here and i mean because we want to have fun Mm -hmm. you know and that's the whole point i started this podcast is because it's fun and when all you do is just make structured notes and make it a very structured episode it can it can it it can get kind of boring you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so it can be hard uh, to record it can be hard to get motivated to record yeah we're just like and we we figured that out that we were having fun with it still, but it was almost becoming a chore. Mm-hmm. From a hobby, it slowly turned into a chore. Yeah. But today, like I was like doing my homework and I was like getting excited over the fact that because we recorded two episodes today, um, the one was the one we released on Tuesday. Well, I guess tomorrow it will be, but <laughs> it's going to be releasing on Tuesday. Inception. You guys are listening to this on Thursday or some other time. <laughs> um, and we were talking about Stranger Things, and I love Stranger Things. And last week we talked about Twenty One Pilots, and so yeah. we're changing up the things the way we do things, and I don't we're enjoying it's fun. it and so hopefully yeah. that boils over into the way that you guys enjoy it too yeah so anyway we could relate this episode to inside out the movie but i think we'll save that for a tuesday Another episode. Time. yeah <laughs> but i do want to note that inside they're in inside out the movie sadness plays a big role and inside every person sadness plays a big role in your life and whether you think that's a helpful role or an unhelpful role, I believe it's both. It's oh, yeah. very helpful. And it can also be very unhelpful. Yeah, I think the way that I see mental health in general and emotions and feelings, um, I guess evolutionarily, from like that perspective, there's mm-hmm. a reason that we feel all the feelings that we do. Yeah. And they can get to a point where it's super unhelpful and dangerous and um, unhealthy. I don't know if I already said unhealthy, but... It can get to that point for sure, but there is a primary function for everything that happens to us emotionally, for the most part, I guess. Um, there's a reason for it, and I, I think yeah. we're going to kind of explore that today. Yeah. So first, we're going to go through the range of sadness. And before we start, actually, this comes from an article from the Paul Ekman Group. We'll go ahead and link that down down in the description. But it's simply titled Sadness. There you have it. If you heard Zuko, he's just he's crying. He's sad right now. So what kind of sad? We'll find out. We'll go through this range of sadness. So people say, I feel sad. What does that mean? That can mean a whole lot of things here. And so let's go through those. The first, and this goes from like the lesser or less intense to most intense. Yeah, like from in zero the to sadness 10. spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. So the first is disappointment. Now we're not going to go through all these, but I mean we could talk about them if we want. We, yeah, we could. But to save to save your ears, we won't. <laughs> so first is disappointment, okay? Then we Next. Have, oh, I don't know if we were going back and forth. Are we oh, doing that? Let's go with threes. Cool. Let's do it. So we have disappointment, discouragement, and distraughtness, the three Ds. Yeah, that starts off strong. Um, then we have re- resignation, helplessness, and hopelessness. 
Then you have misery, despair, grief. And then we get sorrow and anguish. That's good. Um, <laughs> but you can see the, the wide range. And I think it's important for anyone to understand that like most everything in mental health and like mental status, it's a spectrum, you know? Yeah. Like anxiety is a spectrum, is a spectrum. Fear is a spectrum. Depression is a spectrum. And it's the same thing with sadness. You have to understand what level of sadness you have to better understand it. Yeah. Like, are, are you really disappointed? Or are you feeling actual sorrow? Like, right. It, it's probably contextualized by what you're going through. That's, yeah. that's important. We're going to talk about that. But, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's relative for the most part. Like, yeah. my sorrow could be different than Austin's. That's a good point. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure it is with everyone. It's going to be different. But as we've, as we know, labeling your emotions is important. So it, it helps you to get through them and overcome them when you actually know what you're feeling. Yeah. You put a name to it, name to the feeling, name to the emotion. It helps you understand it. And if you listen to our last episode on Tuesday, it helps you to be more curious and it can guide your curiosity to finding help and getting through it. Yeah, and I I'll always point back to the like the analogy that Jordan Peterson, clinical psychologist, uses that um, if you want to like personify your struggles or your emotions as like a dragon in a cave, mm-hmm. um, and the only way to truly like beat the dragon is to understand the dragon, know what it looks like, and like what abilities does that dragon have? Does it breathe fire? Does it? Yeah, like you can't just pretend that it's not there. Like you could say, oh, there's a dragon up in those hills. Like, what kind of dragon is it? Is it like, does it fly? Does it, um, can, does it breathe fire? Does it, is it just really big? Is it small? You have to truly understand the dragon if you want to be able to, like, I don't want to say beat it because we don't challenge or we try not to challenge our thoughts too much. We talk about that with acceptance and commitment so, therapy. Michael Jackson for once got it wrong and just beat it. <laughs> you don't, you don't want to just beat the dragon. You don't want to just. But beat you it. do want to come to terms with it, I guess. Yeah. With the dragon and that. Um, it's there and you can only do that if you fully understand it. So that's yeah. kind of like with these emotions, you have to understand, am I feeling disappointed and how bad is that disappointment and is that disappointment important to me? Yeah. So yeah, I guess you have to truly understand it in order to cope with it properly. Yeah. And that can be hard because I know if you feel sad, there can be a lot of reasons why. And so just do your best. There's obviously no wrong answer. Just trying to explain it and put it out there is the important part. Mm-hmm. So, okay, now we're going to talk about some of the feelings that come with sadness. And again, if you think about this in terms of inside out, this is great. Oh, it's really good. Yeah. So the first is anger. I mean, that makes sense. You can be either angry at yourself and sad at what happened or angry at others sad for yourself sad for others mm-hmm. yeah and then we have we have fear that can be i mean linked pretty heavily with sadness i know it's been linked, linked with me pretty easily that you I, I know i for me specifically i fear things and things that i fear i kind of get sad over the fact that i fear them i don't know if that even hmm. makes sense yeah you know, that's just me a little feedback loop yeah like a feedback loop like yeah. I, I fear something or i'm sad And it's because I have this fear over something and I'm ruminating over it. And so for me specifically, my my ruminations are linked directly with sadness Mm. and the fears that I have and that I get sad. So I know that it's for other people, but I could see how they would, the article would point to that because that's how I experience it for myself. And then the last one here you have is joy. Now, 
I think it's actually beautiful how it talks about joy. So if you, for example, like the article gives an example of reminiscing about time spent with a lost person or thing and pleasure from the comfort provided by others. That's now gone. And I just think that's, that's beautiful. I mean, and that just shows that it's okay. It's okay to feel sad. And it's okay to ruminate on those thoughts that give you joy mm-hmm. and sadness. You can't have light without the dark. And Inside Out portrays that really well. Yeah. How, you know, sadness helps Bing Bong mm-hmm. get through his emotions and get through, cope with what he's going through yeah. of uh, losing a friend. Yeah. You know, how she's just sat with him in it. I mm. said, it's okay to feel sad. I'm really sorry. That I'm sucks. I'm sad all the time. <laughs> yeah. I'm sad all the time. Yeah. yeah. And then is it happiness or is it joy? Is her name joy? Her name is joy. Okay. Yeah. And then joy's like, no, what are you doing? Like, stop. You need to feel good. You yeah. Need to feel good. Yeah. But you don't, you don't have to feel good all the time and that's okay. And that's what Inside Out does just a great job with. Yeah. And I, another thing, we'll, we'll probably have an episode on that in the future. And I love how yeah, they're like, sure. Like the memories, the little balls come out. They're yellow and blue. Like they're sad and happy memories. Mm-hmm. And like, and I have that with um, like my family dog passing recently. She got really sick, and we had to put her down because she was like in kidney failure, liver failure. And the day I went over to say goodbye to her, that was some of the happiest memories I have. But I was so sad because mm-hmm. I was running around the backyard with her and like throwing a ball. And like she has really bad knees and. She couldn't run very long because because of that, and she was really fat, and <laughs> like she couldn't run. Yeah. Um, but she was so sick. But somehow, she's like she still loved running, and so I was just running around the backyard throwing a ball, and um, I got, I'm getting sad thinking about this, but I'm also getting so happy because mm-hmm. those two emotions are so similar. Not in the way that they're similar, but they're so compatible. Yeah. Happiness yeah, or joy yeah. and and sadness. Mm-hmm. because like you said like you can reminisce over a lost loved one for me like the most recent one would be my dog and um for as happy as i am over those memories i'm also equally as sad yeah i think that i think it's a powerful thing yeah and that's okay it is it's not a yeah thing. it's um i it's it's a special thing it really is yeah i like that that's mm-hmm. a good way to put it it's mm-hmm. special because maybe not a lot of people can experience that yeah you know have that ball of sadness and happiness yeah, and I love how in the movie, like they, it's kind of has like a yin yang symbol. Like yeah. it's kind of like that. Yep. It shows the balance yeah. that. Yeah. Um, those memories. How many memories can you think of that you have? Like that? I have plenty of all joy memories. I have plenty of all sad memories, but I can only think of a few where it's sadness and joy, and they stick so deeply because of mm. the, the power of the combination. Yeah, I like that. Okay, now we're gonna go through a an important distinction here between a mood and an emotion so the key difference here is simply duration now the best way to put it austin and i were trying to think of you know ways to put it but the best way to put it is going to be climate versus weather now let me explain for you non-cultured listeners out there (laughs) okay let's see i took an oceanography class a couple (laughs) semesters ago (laughs) (laughs) worst class i've ever taken by the way i'm sorry oceanography is not for me i'm okay little rant here i thought it was going to be more on like the plant life and uh the animals and be great learn about different fish and 
all that. That didn't happen until the very last week. The rest was tectonic plates <laughs> and the way the moon influences the ocean. <laughs> it's great. It's cool stuff, but I'm really glad I'm not. It's not for me. That's all I'm saying. I had to get that class out of the way. <laughs> anyway, we did learn about weather versus climate, though. So weather is more immediate and doesn't last as long. Climate is the overarching like stability, the overarching environment of that area. So like Utah, for example, the climate it's a desert climate, but today it rained and it rained really hard for like an hour. It's like yeah, it was, it was like thirty minutes of really heavy stuff, and then for like thirty minutes after that, it like drizzled, which is really uncharacteristic for utah <laughs> like yeah. especially in june but right yeah. for real so the climate's a desert but the weather today was rainy in the morning and then the rest of the day it was just blazing hot yeah nice day but, but hot. <laughs> yeah great day but the difference there is mood is climate okay and emotion is weather so moods can last up to the article says hours days and emotions can last up to is more like a minutes, seconds mm -hmm. type of thing. Yeah, that and you can see the distinction there. While we kind of use that analogy, that the climate in Utah it changes through the seasons, but overall it's somewhat of the same climate. A person has like a baseline temperament that kind of guides their moods. The way that the Utah climate kind of guides the type of weather patterns we have throughout the year, and those those weather patterns can change day by day. It can yeah. be the same thing with moods versus emotions. Like you can have an overarching mood that can be different based off of the emotions you're feeling in the moment. Yeah. Hopefully that makes sense. It does to me. Yeah. We're yeah. going deep here. Yeah. But I'll read from the article here. This is important. So it says, Sadness is one of the longer-lasting emotions and often cycles through periods of protest, resignation, and helplessness. It's important to note, however, that sadness is different from depression which I would think depression is more of a mood. I mean, it is a mood. It's a mood disorder mm -hmm. is what it is. So the climate of sadness is depression, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. So sadness is different from depression, which is a common but serious psychological disorder described by recurrent, persistent, and intense feelings of sadness and hopelessness that interfere with daily living. So sadness is not the same as depression, but sadness is a precursor to depression. You can feel sad when you're depressed, but just mm -hmm. because you're sad doesn't mean you're depressed. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's important to know that sadness is okay, and it's an emotion. I think that's one thing also to know that's important, is it's not a mood, it's an emotion. It's not climate, it's weather it will pass a lot faster than anything else. However, I mean, it does say, you know, sadness is one of the longer lasting emotions, but just the fact that it is an emotion can give you some, some hope there to get, you can see the sun behind the dark clouds mm -hmm. that eventually it's going to come out and everything will be all right. And I guess that kind of leads into the next section here, like the function of sadness, like why do we even experience it? And yeah. like direct quote from the from the article here, it says that the universal function of sadness is to, in some way, signal for help. This can be a signal to others saying that we need comforting or to ourselves to take some time, some time to recoup for our loss or for something to take care of something that's making us sad. 
and like kind of what I was thinking um, as you were speaking about like the, the functions and things like that, just there at the end there, that if you ask someone, like if I were to ask you or any person off the street, would you say, do you feel like it's okay to, to feel joy? Is that a good thing? Like, is it a good thing to feel joy? And most yeah. people would be like, yeah, of course it is. Like, everyone wants to feel happy. But if you were to ask those same people, is it okay to feel sadness? Like, is sadness an okay thing? Like, is sadness a good thing? I would say, and this is all anecdotal, of course, but I would say most people would say, no, sadness isn't a good thing. Mm-hmm. No one wants to feel sadness. The, way, the right. same way no one wants to feel anxiety. Right. But if we're looking at it as a primary emotion, as a, as a, a that it has a function, then we need to see sadness at the same level of importance that we see joy mm-hmm. and once we can accept that and once we can live that healthily i guess that's when a person can have more joy <laughs> like right. they can have exactly. more meaningful sadness yeah and i think that's what people lack i don't know that i lacked for a long time and that luckily through all my own personal study and the whole going to be going to school to be a therapist thing <laughs> it's helped me realize that there is so much meaning to be found in negative emotions, specifically in sadness. There's so much, there's so many messages. There's well, so many quote lessons. Quote, negative. Yeah, negative as in like, we don't feel dopamine and serotonin and all these like <laughs> feelings that everyone wants to feel and um, artificially create within themselves through countless sources. But just like it says right here, um, it can be a signal to others. It can be a signal to ourselves. It can... Yeah. Russ Harris, I think it's, it might be Stephen Hayes. It's one of the acceptance and commitment therapy <laughs> founders, um, theorists that says that sadness and other negative emotions, quote unquote, negative emotions will, they're sending you a letter. You have to be willing and ready to open up that letter if you mm. want to experience anything but negativity. Mm. And so you have to be ready and willing to open up that letter and just yeah. accept what it, what that letter is and maybe use that letter and what it has to say to you to your advantage in some way. And I mean, I, I'm just a huge advocate for leaning into sadness and leaning into negative emotions to figure out what the heck they're trying to say to you, because there's so much that can be gained from doing that. Right. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's so much power in just accepting the yin and yang of joy mm-hmm. and sadness. Yeah. You know, and like we've talked about, I think it was two episodes ago we talked about, I mean, we've mentioned this several times, mm-hmm. How you know you're an emotionally he- you're an emotionally healthy person when you experience a wide array of emotions. Yeah, yeah. So when you do experience that yin and yang of emotions, joy, sadness, fear, anger, what are, what's the other emotions? Disgust. In, in disgust. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when you feel all those, that's how you know you're an emotionally healthy person. It's not feeling joy all the time, like joy in the movie would want you to think. Mm-hmm. Where no, 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 you can't feel can't feel sadness or you can't feel disgust. You need to feel joy. Like that's, that's not true. And that's what inside out. the movie is trying to portray is that no sadness doesn't need to control all that or joy doesn't need to control all the time. Mm-hmm. You need to let the other emotions take hold and to kind of work the system a little yeah. bit. I love that. We're I mean, next episode. We'll have to do a breakdown of, of inside out. Yeah. Low key, we already have, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, I lo- it's one of my favorite movies like yeah. by far I love that movie it's an awesome movie so to wrap up here the article closes in talking about how to respond to sadness in others now this isn't from the article these are our thoughts first but there are really two ways that we tend to react naturally when someone is sad one is oh I don't want I don't want to deal with that 
like, uh, get me away from that person. Mm-hmm. They're sad. They make me feel uncomfortable and I don't want to be here. Yeah. Like when someone cries, that's me. I'm like, I feel really uncomfortable right now. I would rather be in the other room, uh, not here because it makes me feel uncomfortable. I have to go to the bathroom all of a sudden. You're like, I got to get out of this yeah. situation. You yeah. know, like I, right. I don't know if I can handle this right now. Yeah. yeah. So that's me. That's Austin. Mm-hmm. But people like my wife, she sees someone crying. She goes towards it. Mm. And she, her natural inclination is to sit with them in it and to have empathy with that person. Like that's who she is. And so that's kind of the two ways that people tend to go. It's probably, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, most males will say, I'm out of here. Most females, they go towards it. Yeah, there's, there, there could be a number of reasons for that, but I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think women are more attuned to emotions mm-hmm. anyway. Either from being raised that way or just from biologically, I would agree. They're, yeah. They're just tuned way more empathetic than the wide range of men. Yeah. <laughs> they're would, just amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Us men have to try harder to have more empathy. <laughs> it's and an to, exercise. <laughs> yeah, no, really. Yeah. But anyway, so the article, I'll read it here, and we'll pause and break it down. So knowing how someone is feeling doesn't necessarily mean we want to acknowledge it. And that can go two ways. Whether naturally, it doesn't mean we want to acknowledge it, like we avoid it. Or quite literally, we need to think if we actually need to acknowledge it when you see someone sad, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it goes on to say, it depends on the context and the relationship. Okay, context is important here. In some situations, simply acknowledging that you are sorry for another person's loss might be helpful, whereas for others it may not be. So, you know, knowing the person that is sad is really helpful. And knowing if that is going to be helpful to say, hey, I'm really sorry for your loss, or to not say something at all. And my natural inclination would say, would want to say, I'm sorry, you know? And I just said it's, it would be to run away. But also I, like if I was going to say something naturally, that's what it would be. most people would say, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah. Kind of like the sympathetic. Yeah. Yeah. Sympathy. Card. Sympathy for sympathy. Yeah. yeah. So it goes on to say here, spotting sadness when it is subtle, tells you that something is important. Something important is happening. I think it's actually a super cool way to look at it. Where when someone is sad, something important in their life is happening, because something just happened, and it's a message. It's a, it's flag. a message. Yeah, they just got a letter. Blues Clues. Yeah. They just got a letter. They just got a letter. Anyway. Wonder I wonder who it's, who it's from. from. It's sadness. <laughs> or other emotions. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, before the serenade. Um, so it tells you something important is happening or has happened that involves loss and that this person probably needs some form of comforting. This expression, however, doesn't tell you whether you are the right person to give that comforting or if this is the right time to offer it. So that's also really important to know is that you need to kind of just make a quick judgment of the situation, take in context, and decide whether you really do need to go to that person and say, 
hey, I'm here. You know, let me sit with you for a minute. Or if you just need to let them go through it. And Austin and I were talking about this too, how it's really sympathy versus empathy. Mm -hmm. Sympathy is more of, I see you down there in the pit. Like, can I help you? Yeah, like type of thing. Can't, have you ever seen the old animation of like it's the antelope looking down at the person in the the pit? Like, oh, that sucks. Do you want a sandwich? Like, have you ever seen that before? I think, I think so. Um, yeah. It's like basically sympathy versus empathy, like um, animation. Oh, I have in one of my classes. Actually, yeah, yeah it's yeah. like an antelope looking down yeah. into a pit, and there's like this bear down there. And it's super dark and scary, and they're obviously yeah. sad. And the antelope looks down and is like, oh, um, sorry, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, you want a sandwich. Like we'll actually, just, we'll link the video down there. It's in a the funny video. It's yeah. really, it's a really good resource too for learning about the difference between sympathy and empathy. But then it shows the um, the contrast of like what empathy is. And empathy is they put a ladder down in the hole and they climb down in the hole, and then the person says, or I don't know, it's like a deer or something or a zebra says to the bear, "I have no idea what you're going through. I have no, I, I can't even imagine how hard this is for you, but I can imagine that it must, it must suck, and that it must be hard for you, and that I'm here for you." If mm-hmm. you want me, and if you have anything you need, I'll be the person that will help you. And I think that's what the article does a really good job of showing that everyone's different and every relationship is different. And so yeah. if anyone besides my wife were to try to come for me, I wouldn't really want anything from them. I would really right. just want, like, obviously I'm not going to say, like, empathy is an amazing feeling. To get true empathy from someone is a, it's a healing balm that you can't replicate. But um, that's all I need from most people. But when it comes to like my wife or maybe like even goes like my mom, and my dad, I could extend that a little bit further. Um, I would go for them for actual help and advice. Like I would yeah. go to my wife for actual, like, let's talk through this, but to, you don't need to talk through something to show true empathy. All you really need to do is show that you are there with that person and you're attempting to replicate the shoes they're walking in like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. within your own mind. So you can truly be there with them fully rather than just grandstanding above them and saying, that sucks, sorry. And like we do that often and that can be okay to do, you know, like it's, there's nothing wrong inherently with sympathy. Right. But I think that it can have an adverse effect sometimes. Yeah. It's like good, better, best. Yeah. Yeah. Type of thing. Like sympathy is good. Yeah. It's a good thing to do. Like sending a sympathy card on someone's in the hospital, it's not a bad thing. Right. But it doesn't do much. Could make things worse. It could. Yeah. Yeah. But going to visit a person that would like you to visit them. Like let's say we're going to the hospital analogy. You could send them a letter or you could go with them and just sit there with them and be present with them and show that you care about them. And that's the empathy part. And again, you just because you have that feeling and you notice that doesn't mean that person needs that. And so you have to be aware of the context. And that's what I think is super important when it comes to sadness is you have to be aware of what you want as the person receiving sadness so you, that you don't, get into a bad spot with the relationships and it doesn't make it worse and just be aware of the people around you when they're sad and what they need. And yeah, I guess that comes down to emotional intelligence and being in touch with that. And that's hard to learn. That's hard to teach. It but, is. Yeah. Um, you can be in touch with it if you try to focus on it more and compare past events to outcomes of those past events. Like what happened last time I tried to comfort Jimmy didn't go very well because <laughs> yeah, I tried to fix it and it didn't go well. Or I tried to be there with him and I feel like I made it worse. Yeah. Just can, context is important. I love how the article talks about that. That context yeah. is important when it comes to being empathetic. Yeah. It really is. I think the the cool thing about empathy is that empathy is not fixing. Mm. But yeah. fixed is a product of empathy. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. 
I really like Super that a cool. lot. So you don't need to help someone to have empathy for them, but because you have empathy, that can fix them. Yeah. So. And I think this, and this applies, this little cliche that I'll share here in a second, like it applies to any relationship. Yeah. But I've learned it helps them in my marriage is you can ask a person like, do you want advice or do you want validation? Mm-hmm. Do you want advice or do you want comfort? Do you want words of affirmation or do you just want me to be here with you with my arm around you? Like ask the person, you know, yeah. like yeah. there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion. Right. I think especially in a marriage um, and other like close relationships, like familial friendships, if you're truly close with the person, they're not going to get mad at you for asking. You know, if it's a random person or someone you barely know, maybe just, I don't know, <laughs> take a step back. Yeah. Ask him like, do you need anything? Um, cause they probably won't likely open up anyways. I know I wouldn't, but right. we're just close, letting you know, letting them know that you're here and like, if you need them. I'm not judging you. you know, yeah. Like this is okay. I'm sorry. Maybe a little bit more sympathy in that situation would be okay. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to close relationships, um, you understand the person and you're truly willing to give everything you have for that person to help. There's nothing wrong with a simple question of like, would you rather, you know, would you rather have my advice on the situation? Would you rather have words of comfort and like affirmation? Or would you rather me just sit here with you and we can just watch a show and I'll just be here with you right now while you feel these emotions. And I, I personally, again, I'll say this again because there's nothing wrong with that. And I think a lot of people might feel there's something wrong or awkward about asking, what do you want? Yeah, I mean, but there's awkward. nothing wrong with that awkward for sure it, it probably would if be especially if they're it. crying <laughs> like like yeah. if they're really sad like what do you want but um that's going to be the most helpful thing it might be super awkward but it's going to be the most helpful thing yeah awkward doesn't mean bad we've talked about that before yep that was a fun episode that was well anyway that's really all we wanted to talk about today for yeah. sadness that wraps it up and, and, and much much more that we wanted to talk about yeah. yeah yeah really i mean i mean the key things to take away from it is Sadness is an essential emotion for you on a day-to-day basis to understand where you're at with yourself, where you're at with others. And the greater the sadness, the greater the joy. Mm -hmm. Yin and yang. Yeah. And if you look at it as a pie chart of all the primary emotions like fear, disgust, um, joy, and sadness, if you look at it as a pie chart, and there's more emotions obviously that are primary, that are important, it's they all have equal parts of that pie. You know, mm-hmm. just because joy feels better doesn't mean that sadness is any less important. And just because fear is scary doesn't mean that it's important. You know, every emotion that we feel that's primary and um, like it's like that comes without our agency, I guess, like those prime, that's what a primary emotion is, is emotions that come without our choosing. Those, those emotions are important for the survival of the human race but also for your own emotional well-being. So you need to yeah. treat sadness the same way you treat joy. Yeah. You need to give it the equal importance and the equal attention because when you ignore it, that's when you run into those issues of avoidance and anxiety and repression. Yeah. So you need to give the same amount of attention and care as you do to, as the feelings of sadness as you do to the feelings of joy. And the same goes for the emotions like like fear and disgust. Like You need to pay attention to those and respect them the yeah. same way that you would pay attention and respect joy. Yeah, acknowledge it and learn to love it. Honestly, it's a part of that pie. It's a part of you. Mm-hmm. And so no need to neglect it. Learn to love that part of you. And you'll become more of a, an emotionally healthy person. That's yeah. what it's all about. It's obviously not as fun as the, um, the the joy. Like if you look at it inside out, it's not as fun and bouncy around, but 
it's just as important and essential to your overall mental health and well-being. Yeah. Well, we hope you learned something new and hopefully you can apply this and start to look for sadness more in your life. And if you get a letter from sadness, open it up with blue. And <laughs> I mean, that goes two ways. With that's, <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's, that's punny. <laughs> Snap. Open it up with blue and accept it. Learn to love it. Learn from it. Yep, learn from it. And thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? Yeah. What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy? What about, what about therapy?